Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. with it it's the jim fannin show thanks for checking us out shout out to jay Beatty for the music ouch that is painful that intro i love it now let's make sure you're unmuted joseph j jj take yourself off mute my brother there we'll you swing this over so we can see your beautiful fotch as they say in Italian, what is up, my brother? How did you find me? And why are you looking for a little guy like me to have a conversation with? Out of the blue. I said, how'd you find me? You said YouTube. I'm like, YouTube? YouTube. I have no following YouTube. on YouTube. I got 100 subs or something. Oh, uh, 22. <laughs> 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 Which is, by the way, 10 more than me. <laughs> you got 117 or something on it's uh what i'm broadcasting from now is the youtube channel called true tube t-r-e-w so i do have another okay. account called the jim fannin show i think it's got 26 subs or something that was the one yeah that was oh okay well that's yeah. cool man i ran my uh last year in november i had a 10 year old youtube channel i'm sorry to repeat myself to the, the listeners but i we don't know each other so here we go we're getting a getting to know each other it's not not all about me right. but just so you know because in the context i've seen a little bit of your work i know where your heart's at i know where you lean right. politically um i know you're a god-fearing man that's awesome and uh thanks for bringing a little color to my show man i, I don't know man. I haven't... <laughs> that's a nice wheel. so i had a 10 year old youtube channel with about 200 subs uh -huh. it took me a long time to get to 200 subs then november 2019 I blew the channel up and I ran it to 6,000 subs and 3 million views by March 17th when they terminated me. And I was just starting to get real followers, like people that were tuning in to see my content, not the other stuff that I was stealing from people that was going viral for lack of a better <laughs> right. term. Not viral, but a million hits is pretty good. 
That's and not, I had yeah. a couple, I had a couple videos go to 800, you know, I was approaching 1.3 on one of them. And for me, that was like, wow. And so I, I was smart about it. And then they blew me up for no reason. I had no community no guideline strikes. I had no, I had a copyright issue on one thing that was expiring and I had one that was hanging. It was a uh-huh. college in the States. I used a, a Shapiro clip about abortion. Uh-huh. And they said, warning, take it down or we'll strike you. And then they killed my channel. I didn't have it. I, you know, I, I asked them to withdraw it. I said, I took the thing down, like, please withdraw your thing so I don't get, you know. And then before I could, would, you know, can't, you know, do whatever, my channel was gone and they just refused to give it back to me. And now I'm on my fifth uh-huh. channel and true tube has got two strikes on it it's just a sit and duck for lefties if they want to target me because you can find something there to get me you can always find something <laughs> dude they uh i don't know if you saw the video of the the uh, the the young black kid on standing on the side of the road he was dressed as a cop and there was a parade of uh, police going by and one cop got out and he was over and he was making time with this kid i got uh-huh. a i got a copy i got a strike for um Child safety. What? Yeah. <laughs> Were you the cop? It was the most beautiful video, bro. It was so yeah. beautiful. And it really? was 40 seconds or something. Right. And uh, I'm like, I even, uh, you know, appealed it. And they're like, no, this breaks our community standards. Shame on you. Yeah, communities. Yeah. Anyway, small world. I don't. I'm just glad to have you aboard. I'm interested yeah. in why we're coming together at this time, and um, right. and I appreciate your love and your passion. And uh, I know it's tough out there for a small broadcaster, so I'm always, you know, I'm I am a small right. broadcaster, and lately I've been. Um, Eric Matheny picked me up on Saturday. I got to be on with uh, Bob and Eric Save America. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, like he was so generous. I said, "Bro, you want to be on the show?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll do your show." I'm like, "Have you looked at my account? Do you know I'm a nobody?" You know, and no, he came on and he was amazing. He spent an hour with me, and then out of the blue, Friday says uh, or Thursday, he said, uh, "Hey, you want to be on the show 11:45 uh, Saturday?" I'm like, "Sure," and he goes, and it turned out he drops his tape delay at 2:30 Saturday. So he actually let me live stream this. I didn't have the view right. I, I had, right. you know, it was on speaker mode. So it was kind of looking at him the whole time. And we were just a strip at the top. I screwed that up. But he let me bootleg uh, scoop his own show that wasn't like live because he wasn't right. live. And it was right. the greatest thing. And then yesterday I had uh, Michael uh, Michael Johns on and he's got a quarter million followers he's uh he's the tea party guy a co-founder of the tea party movement and he was he was a speechwriter for um uh george senior the guy's brilliant man he gave me an hour and a half answered a bunch of questions and gave me some really educated takes on what's going on in the states electorally right and uh i just feel so blessed that you know because now when he tweets my stuff out man it explodes like there's there's like 20,000 views on that video that I did yesterday just because of his following, just because of his generosity at saying, yeah, I'll oh, come on and give me yeah, an hour and a half of like your that. life to talk to a, you know, a newbie really. And like, I'm a 10 time candidate, but I'm, 
kind of new to American politics. It was just... Oh, I'm totally new to it, man. I'm totally. I um, I you want to know where my politics started? No, tell me. Tell me everything about where do you come from? What are you all about? I should I should okay. throw it to so, you. I just wanted to kind of set you up as to who right. I am and where I you know my right. frustrations as a broadcaster. But no, right. please tell us everything about who you are, where you came from, and how you got to where you're at now. Well, we're it's it's, it's an interesting little journey, and it would take more than trust me. It it, it would it would the 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 zoom would shut down <laughs> if I took the time that it would take to tell the whole story. But to sum it up. I'm a I'm a, a Californian born born in Texas, been in California since I was seven. So I'm just a Californian, you know. Um, um, I had some interesting experiences in my wife life. I've traveled I've I've traveled quite the road. I I pretty much can actually say there isn't too much uh, that I have not been through. I've been um, you know I've I've been um, I've had an addiction um, in the '80s. Went from addiction to prison. Um, done a couple years stateside <laughs> and um, I've been part of a now I hate using the term cult because I don't think they're a cult I think they have cultish behavior and I am as of just a week just a, a week now I am officially one year a former Jehovah's Witness and um, so those three things alone, and I, I and I was a witness for 16 years, from from 2000, um, 2003 to just 2019. Wow. Now here's the craziness. So then my politics. Well, there's more craziness. <laughs> oh, there's more craziness. There's more craziness. So I, so what I do is in in November of 2019, I decide, you know, I find out some things about Jehovah's Witnesses that didn't sit well with me. Um, being a spiritual person, and I, I do love God, I love the Bible. Um, my conscience, once I found these things out, I was like, I can be, I can no longer be part of this, you know. Um, and just, just, just to sum it up, you know, um, Jehovah's Witnesses as individuals, now I, I want to take a chance, because whenever I get a chance to talk about this, because my channel, I have two channels. The channel, you're looking at one channel. I actually have a... Um, channel where I did specifically with the Jehovah's Witness organization and teaching people's loved ones about what to look out for and things like that. But Jehovah's Witnesses as a people. So if one comes to your door, that person who comes to your door, they don't, they, they're only doing what they believe to be right. You know what I mean? So I always tell people have compassion for them. Don't hold it against them. All they're doing is following an order, uh, uh, some people up in New York, eight men who sit on their ivory thrones in New York and dictate their lives. So the average Joe that comes to your door, they're, they're just doing what they think is right. So I always tell people, be kind to them. I, you know, I send them upon, I wouldn't accept any of their literature. I just send them upon their way. Um, so that's that that's that aspect of that. But like I said, I have a channel where I, I, I deal with that and I um I talk about my experience as a witness. Um but so here we go. So November, November um 20th, I decided, well, going back, it started long before that. During the summer, I decided I, I didn't want to be a witness anymore, but it's a process of leaving. 
You don't just go, oh, and you leave. You could, but it's kind of a process. You know, you get to thinking about it in your head and you go, these things aren't necessarily right. You know, so I started doing research. Long story short, come November 20th, um, early November, I decided I didn't want to do this anymore. This isn't going to work for me. Once again, I can't condone the things that I know. So um, I write what's called a letter of dissociation. Now, there's two ways you can leave as a witness. One way you can leave, um, you can commit what they consider some grave sin, and you go through this whole process of what they call disfellowshipping. It's long story. don't want to go into that. Or you can do as I did and decide to just simply disassociate disassociate yourself. In other words, I don't want to be a part of this. You actually write out a letter saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I no longer want to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And they, they will try to talk to you and, and counsel you. And I got a phone call, you know, uh, um, individuals wanting to meet with me to discuss it. I said, I don't want to discuss it. You know, I, I, I know what I know. I'm good. You guys, you know, have a nice life. Deuces. So <laughs> here comes the real fun part of it. So right after that, now right after that, you know, we had uh, it's been almost, it's been officially a year we've been dealing with this pandemic thing, um, coronavirus. So come February, or about the time they really start talking about it, I know the lockdown here in the states started officially on. March 15th, I know that because my son's birthday was March 12th. It was a couple of days later they decided to shut the country down. The issue I had with this is that when it began, as I was hearing the way the word pandemic was just being repeated and repeated and repeated, and I'm listening to the news, I'm like, why are you guys... Okay, I know it's a pandemic. You don't have to say the word 300 times in 30 minutes. And no matter what channel you turn to, they just kept saying the word pandemic, pandemic. And that made the hair stand up on my neck because I knew what they were doing. It's called indoctrination. It's kind of like that song, that song that you hear on the radio, you can't stand it. But if you hear it enough times, you, you adapt to it. And then at some point, you actually start to like the song. And that's what the news media was doing to the American minds. And I, I immediately shut off all, I shut everything off. I, I stopped listening to CNN, NBC, and SNBC. Now, another interesting thing also happened along this timeline. Um, politically, I, I really didn't care because there's a Jehovah's Witness for 16 years. You don't vote. You don't, you know, you have no... Um, political stance, you know. So having come out, I really had no political view, even though I, I, I did keep abreast of um, things going on in the world, watching the news and, and things like that. And I know that there was this, this one man. So I come out and, and there's this guy, one Donald Trump. Um, the whole world hated him. I'd been, you know, a witness for 16 years. So I really wasn't up on why everybody hated this guy so much. All I know is I used to love The Apprentice. You're fired. You know, I loved it. 
Um, and my son, who uh, also a former Jehovah's Witness, had been out for some years. And he, he started talking to me about, he tried to have conversations with me about Donald Trump. And I didn't want to hear it. I'm like, no, orange man bad. The news is telling me this. So I believe this. We can't talk about it. So my son just told me, he says, dad, he says, you know what, dude? Just look for yourself. Stop listening to what people are telling you. Go research the man for yourself and you make your own mind up as to, you know, uh, how you feel about it. So I go back to his very first, and I don't know if people remember this, 2016, it may have been 2016, 2015, while he was running for president, the very one, I call it Crouchgate. And it happened to be the one where um, the he was picked up on a mic on a tour bus talking about, you know, what uh, money allows you to do to women when you're in Hollywood and, and whatever that is. <laughs> now, the thing about that conversation, everybody came out calling him a sexist. Oh, this guy's a woman. He grabs women by their crotch. And he does all that stuff. And I'm listening to the tape. I listen, I play the video in the end and I listen. I say, he never, he never says he 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 grab a woman by her by her, you know, grab a woman in her private parts. What he said was when individuals have money, this allows them to do that. So basically all he was saying is that, you know, if you're rich and you're Hollywood, you know, guys can do that. But I even took it one step further. I said, well, in some cases, you don't have to. They'll basically know if you have money, a lot of them will just come out of their clothes. So you don't have to worry about trying to grab them, you know. But what that did, that opened my eyes to something. I'm saying, so why is he being misquoted so badly? Because I, I, I see exactly what he said. So then I started going through everything. Um, and then I started talking to my family. Oh, here comes the fun part. So I started talking to my family about it, right? African-American, uh, 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 yeah. Democrat. How do I put this? How do I put this? Lefties, no? Are they left-leaning, <laughs> liberals? No? no. Conservatives? No. Your family? I had no clue of this because remember, I'm just getting into oh, politics. Oh, yeah. Right? You don't even know at this time. So that. I'm thinking I can just have a general conversation oh. with them about it. Oh, dude. <laughs> what I, I, did, I literally watched these people lose it. What are you? What are you? You support Donald Trump. Blah, blah, blah. He's racist, man. He's, and I'm like, okay. All right. I'm like, okay. Okay. He's a racist. I've heard that. Why? Give me something specifically. Yeah. Well, he talked about Muslims and he talked about blah, 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 blah. This. I said, I was like, okay, well, he did mention those things. He talked about banning flights. It's like the, the Mexicans are rapists. Uh, like, just, there's yeah, no Mexicans end to the misquotes and the out of context. They're drug dealers. Yeah, they're no. not sending their best. <laughs> yeah, and, people, and that sneak, yeah mean, people that are sneaking. Americans are, 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 they're American rapists, by the way. <laughs> People that are sneaking across your borders are usually yeah, not the best stand-up people right off the right. bat. And I just didn't understand this whole, I mean, but to watch the way they react when you just mention Violence. So one of my cousins, he tells me, he goes, well, he, he um, one of the rumors, I call it an urban legend in the African-American community, and oh God, let me change that, in the black community, I am not African-American, I'm black, never been to Africa. Right. Um, 
one of the things was that it had to do with his apartments or houses. He wouldn't allow black people right. to rent them or something to that matter. Once again, I give them the opportunity. Show me an article. Show me documentation. Show me something. All they have is sound bites from mainstream media. Oh. That's all they have. Oh, yeah. Right. And not so, only that, they come at you with such, uh, is reverence the word? Like, they're so confident of where they're coming from, having not done their own research, clearly. But, it, it, but here's the, the thing that I learned. So I'm learning, right? So here's what I'm learning. So they couldn't prove that. One of them tells me his dad was in the Klan. So I, I research it. I say, if you tell me something, I'm going to research it. So I do research, right? I find an old newspaper uh, article uh, about a Klan march that happened on the street that I guess their family lived on. I also find an arrest record, which the name, um, I've got his father's name. I think it's Donald Senior. Senior. He's, he's on that arrest record. Okay, let me go read the article. So I read the article. What I find out is that there was a Klan march going up the street and a brawl, a riot broke out, right? There's no, there's no picture of his father in a Klan suit. There's no picture of Trump's father marching with the Klan. But what there is a record of, of him being arrested as part of a brawl. So my... Home. He probably got arrested fighting them because they didn't want the Klan coming up their street. I mean, that was the whole idea. The fight broke out because people were fighting against the Klan, and his father happened to be one of the ones in it. So, okay, into that legend. I said, what else you guys got for me? <laughs> and, and at this point, I'm like, you know what, guys? Between you guys, CNN, NSNBC, at this point, I'm done with all of it. I'm, I'm done the last thing you want to do is lock a former Jehovah's Witness down in a pandemic. Because if there's one thing we know how to do is research. <laughs> so I now I and so then I started looking at his politics, right? All right, well, let's look at his policies. Everybody's calling him a racist. His, you know, and all this stuff. What is it? What are his policies? Uh well, economy seems to be doing pretty well. Can't complain about that. I was working at, at the time. I'd never been out of work, never had a problem with work. Um, 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 no wars. And I re I, re I recognize that some time back. I said, do you know, since this man has been in office, there has not been any super big U.S. conflicts? Invasions. Yeah, invasions or any, no drone strikes. <laughs> 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 no embassy Nothing bombings. Like well, there has there's, 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 yeah, the embassy bombing here and there, but no. right. He he seems the he, he's he seems the most peaceful much... president the, the, the United States has ever known. Look at the peace agreements. Look at what he's done with Israel. Like no one can argue. But he walked across the DMZ for crying out loud. <laughs> well, come on, Kim Jong Un. It did the whole thing with Kim uh, with Kim Jong uh, with North Korea. <laughs> now. That was the one thing that irritated about about me because I'm just once again I'm just getting into this and I'm just getting to know the guy. And when they're going back about the nuclear thing, and he goes, "If if they um, make more threats, we will rain fire and fury." And I was just like, "Oh my god, he's going to kill us all." <laughs> well, that's the thing with Trump; he's got so much bluster 
that, you know, with Obama, it was what he didn't say that you're afraid of. And if he said it, like he was going to do it type of thing with Trump, he says a lot of things, but you got to look at his policy, right? Like, what has he actually done? You know, you can say rain fire down and stuff like this, but in reality, he's gone out of his way, pulled back the... He pulled back on Iran once when it got tense. You know, I like the way he's dealing with China. You know what? He's been consistent on China for 30 years. I mean, he's been saying the same thing, that China's eating our lunch for 30 years. Oh, I loved the debate. But I loved the debate when he said that to Biden. He was like, China ate your lunch, Joe. They ate your lunch. I die. And it's true. I, I like a hard line that. on a communist country like that that oppresses uh, religious ex- free expression and everything, you know? Like, come on. Dude. China's evil. We all should acknowledge I, it. And it's not racist to say it for crying out loud. <laughs> right. but, but that was it. That was my selling point. I told my son when this whole pandemic, came, I was ticked off because I knew this was. It's real. Okay, let's be clear. I want to be clear to your audience and everybody. Yes, coronavirus does exist. Okay, it's real. We've lost loved ones behind it and all that. My heart goes out to those families. It always does. But I'm a realist. Okay. Um, And we'll get to that part about the virus itself later. But this was my turning point. This was my selling point on Trump. I told my son, I said, my determination of whether or not I support this man will be to see how he handles China. Because we literally, they literally declared war on the world. Mm. That's what they did. They literally declared war on the world. Let me see how he handles that. I'll make up my mind from there. And when the first thing came around about he, when they wanted to renegotiate, because he was in the middle of doing talks. Remember, they were talking the sanctions and negotiating. Right. He got the trade deal out. done just before the, the pandemic deal. hit. Right. And, and China wanted to come back to the table. We said, no, I'm not talking to them. I was like, oh, that's my man. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm nothing else, I'm an American. You know, this is my country. This is this is the freest country on the... And I don't... Mm. See, I'm trying to be kind because there are so many people that don't appreciate the freedom that they have. You know, we, um, we see that as an epidemic with the political left right now. They all they are is about hate America. You know, I, I, I'd like to troll the AOCs and the Ilhan Omars a little bit. And I replied to a tweet, you know, it's mostly a troll and it, it works right. if you get if you if you see something outrageous enough, you'll get enough hate that oh, it drives you'll, you'll your, get responses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. drives your exposure through the roof. Like, I mean, so sometimes right. I do it just for effect and. Right. I said the other day, yeah, just like, once I want to see you tweet, I love my country. I love America. This is the greatest the food problem? plate on there. Can we acknowledge that we are more tolerant than we've ever been in the I'm history of the world? That. Yeah, but me, I'm crazy. Me and you, we're crazy for that. We should be taken out and shot because we love our country. Patriot is a filthy word now. Word. It's so filthy. Yeah. I put it in my bio. I'm a patriot. I love you my country. And I th- I say Canada first on everything. If I'm at the table, right. <laughs> right. You, you can't, you cannot support. You can't, you no. can't love God. You can't remember. And you my, can't my, say I, I'm opposed to illegal immigration because that makes you ra- racist. I just want them racist, to stop dude. coming across the unchecked border points right. illegally. And, and taking away from and jobs away from Literally, one of the communities that they cry about, the African-American communities always talking about jobs and mm-hmm. 
not. Well, know, in my country, brother, they come across they come across an undefended free border with uh, Quebec, I think, in, in the United States. It's called Roxham uh-huh. Road, and mm-hmm. they come across with their Gucci luggage uh, from the states <laughs> through five other countries. Usually, you know, starting some African country, and they come through, you know, all the Americas. And then the United States, then they end up here. They walk across. They're picked up by the officials on the other side. There's no checkpoint. It's just a it's a dead end street. It's like you know you've seen hundred they're the same everywhere, but it crosses an international border. They walk across. They get picked up in an ambulance. They get taken to a hotel until their welfare comes. And guys that are getting old age pensions CPP they call it here in Canada are saying. Uh-huh. These guys are getting double what I get, and I've been paying my whole life, and they're illegal. They just walked across the asylum. They came through yeah. five democracies before they got here, and I'm paying for that. Like, while they're yeah, while their immigration is sorted out, they get welfare. While they while they yeah, that's what they um. What was it called? Catch and release. I didn't even know how the catch and release. Somebody told me how catch and release worked here in the states. I send them I, back. Go, no, you can't come here. You're illegal. Go back. Go home. So catch release, this is what they were doing here. So if they come across, right, they catch them, hand them a, hand them a, 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 a summons Process to show up in court. Yeah, and then let them go. But they get to stay here for two years. Until, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are you in? I was, but see, because here's my problem I have with it. There are people called, before all this madness, America was called the land of opportunity. Individual people. Are there and for all these people who hate their country so much, Americans? There are people pushing over borders yeah. to get here. Everyone wants to get here, and the, and the ungrateful Democrats on the left want to burn all our racist, systematically oppressed uh, police forces anyway? and every. It, it, it's such bullshit. You know, from, sorry for my language. I never apologize for my language, uh, but never yeah, it's become such, yeah, that's right. Don't apologize. Such a <laughs> such a buzzword. And it's driven yeah. by the media. They love it. I have my prime minister that comes out and says, yes, the RCMP is racist, suffers system, systemic oh, racism. Of choice now, See, man. now these idiots don't understand the word systemic. If I have an infection right. in my finger, it's localized. Right. If I have right. an infection throughout my whole body, that affects the whole system. When you say systemic, right. it means top to bottom, everything right. in between. Uh, You know, I'd like them to take a more um, hateful view of corruption in government because that is what we should be worried about. Government is not oppressing minorities and it's not women don't need a hand up and special protections. We don't need to, you know, in my in past laws where if you misgender someone and now there's 75 genders. So if I don't call you Z or they them and you take me to the human rights tribunal and you get a judgment against me and I don't pay the judgment, I go to jail for not calling you a made up word. So it's yeah, the left has gone so far left and I'm a lefty. I'm a six or seven time Green Party candidate, including running for leadership of a federal party of the Greens in 2006. And so since 2015, I've been red pilled slowly. And now I'm firmly center right. Uh, I think I'm way more pro-life than I used to be. I don't think it's wrong to say that late term abortion should be illegal. Anything after I'll even go to six months. Okay. Like any most moderates will agree. Yeah. Abortions after six months, bad, 
very bad. Yeah. You know you what know, I mean? You know how I argue with that? And that's you like a radical position now. <laughs> right. Here's two things I have. Here's two things I'm going to address now. I'm going to address that and um, the LGBT, the hate for LGBT community. Because those two things amongst Christians, for some reason, they think we're like these evil devils who just... Uh, but I have heard some that pretty much go a little crazy with it. I have, um, as a Christian, as a believer in the Bible, Matthew seven twelve, very basic scripture, uh, do unto others as you will have them do unto you. This is what the law and the prophets mean. Very basic, simple scripture. People quote it all the time. And it's a very powerful one for this reason, because this is how I apply it. My, when I first moved to my house here, uh, my neighbor across the street and his partner, so that'll let you know where they're at. Um, I went over, they were like the first ones to greet us when we moved here, very friendly guys. Um, and after getting to know them, once my kids got established in school, we needed a place for our kids to go should we not be home and they need to, an emergency comes up and they need to go somewhere. I gave them keys to my house, you know, and I asked them, it's okay if my kids come here with you guys, should, you know, an emergency pop up? And they were like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, and that's what I did. And since then, um, you know, my kids are adults now. The, one of the partners, the, the two gentlemen, died. But me and him, we're, we're me and him, me and Mike, we're, we're oh, I said his name, but we're good buddies. I go over there and check on him. You know, he's got some medical issues. I go to make sure he's okay and, and things like that. Here's my whole overall view. Uh, because I remember when the whole gay marriage thing was coming about here in, in the States. And I was watching how the, I'll just say religious community was responding in some cases. And I just came to this conclusion, you know, people were like, it was a big debate. You know, should people make cakes for people? Should they do this? Should they do that? And I'm like, why are you guys, who put anybody in the position of judging? You know, that's another thing that's in the Bible, right? In Bible two, right? You know, judge don't judge yet, lest ye, you be judged. So the way I look at it is that we're, if, if, we're, if we're truly Christians and we truly love our neighbor and we are truly not judgmental, who are we to make the call on somebody's lifestyle, what they choose to do with their life, or whatever? We, I will simply love this individual if their house catches on fire, I will go in there and try to save them. If I see them bleeding on the street, ambulance for them, I would do my part as a human being for my fellow man, whether that fellow man be white, black, brown, yellow, LGBTQ, whatever they be. They are a human being. You cut us all, we bleed. Because in the end, the only judge, the only individual who will judge when time comes will be Jesus Christ. And until that time, I leave it in his hands. I just make sure I do my part to um, live up to my calling as, as a Christian 
and looking out for my fellow man. So that's how I, 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 you know, my stance I take on, on on any of that. Um, but if you want to talk about a racism thing, here's a, here's something I want people to understand. I'm going to share a story with you. I missed what you said. We want to talk about what? <laughs> uh, racism. Oh, that's my favorite but thing. A racism thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give. This gonna be a quick little experience. So all of a sudden, I, I like I said, as a, now as a Jehovah's Witness for 16 years, I've been shut off from the world. I don't know all this madness that's going on out here. Dude, before you go any further, are you huh? healed from the Witness program? Do you feel okay. like you're over it? Are you? Oh, dear. yeah. Because you really I, labor I, in the subject, man. It's a, it's on your tongue a lot. And I'm always suspicious the guys are still talking about it passionately. Like, are they over it? it? It taught me a lot. No, being in that organization had i not me and my son just had the discussion the other day that is one experience in our lives we are so grateful for because had we not had it our eyes would be open to Dude, what do you say to now. the people that man, are saying you just switched cults man it's you're still in a cult you just got a different one now what christianity yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing you're never gonna be I'm, I'm not <laughs> These, these, these little basement dwelling troglodytes, you know, <laughs> that that call themselves, you know, they don't know nothing, man. These youngsters don't know anything about life, dude. You have, you ain't been in a state penitentiary. You haven't done the things I've done. Please, you know. And then you want to talk about racism? The reason I have such an issue with it because I, I, I've actually not experienced it, like directed at me, but I. I lived in it for two and a half years. It's called the state prison system. Okay. Now, there are people out there that are going, see, I told you, police are racist. No, I'm not talking about the police. I'm talking about the inmates. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you how this works. This is how the prison system works. When you go to prison, okay, um, I'm, I'm black, right? And everything you see on television is pretty much real. You come in, you strip down, you bend over, you do the cough. They give you your toothbrush, blanket, whatever. Then you put into gin pop, right? Um, now, when I first got there, when I first got to this, uh, uh, the state level, I remember uh, there were these guys. People kind of get friendly. You get to know a few people, right? So I knew like there was there was a white guy and a Hispanic guy. I think we were like a little melting pot of guys who got to know each other. So we go to lunch. This was my first experience at it. So we go to, I think it was lunch or dinner. It was dinner. So we go to dinner and we sit down at the table, just us. And it was at that point, I look around and we are getting like the craziest looks. And I'm just like, what's going on? And one of the guys goes, yeah, we're not really supposed to be sitting together. And I'm just kind of like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, yeah. He said, look, he told me, look, look around. And all of the, all of the whites were in a section. All the blacks were in a section. All the, you know, every, that's like was in their own little section. But it breaks down, it breaks down further than that. Because not only do you have to separate, uh, separate by color, you separate by gang affiliation. <laughs> So you can be you can be black, but you can't be a black crip hanging with a black blood. You can't be black from Southern California 
hanging with blacks from Northern California. You can't be Hispanic, you know, the Norteños, Serenios, the uh, white supremacists. Oh, and then you, even the racists were racist. <laughs> so you got white supremacists back then, you had white supremacists, skinheads, and um, Aryan Brotherhood. Three separate, <laughs> and they can hang with each other. <laughs> so you people want to talk to me about racism? Really? <laughs> The only brothers that can hang are the white supremacists. <laughs> eh? But, is but that what you comes, said? But here's, the thing. <laughs> but here's where it all comes together, though. So, so one guy comes up to me one time. Uh, 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 I guess he was supposedly the representation of the Northern California black people. Okay. So he comes up to me one time after I'd been there uh, a little while. And he lets me know, he goes, yeah, you know, welcome, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we just want you to know that, you know, should something go down, so like a riot, right? He goes, you know, we're all down with each other. And, you know, all of us, now all of a sudden, and this is when all the blacks, so let's say, let's say if you have uh, Hispanics uh, against blacks. Oh, now all the Norteños, Serenios, and all that separation? No, 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 that don't matter no more. Now we're all just... Mexican or Hispanic, and we're all sticking together. So now all of the gangs that were separated are all coming together. They will unite to fight as a... It's hilarious. So guy tells me, this is what he tells me. He goes, so you're going to have to be down with us. So if something jumps off, you know, you you down with us. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me give you a little piece of information. When I walked in that door, I could swear I came in by myself. And as far as the sentence I have, yeah, I'm serving that by myself too. So should something jump jump off or happen, I will be by myself on my bunk, minding my own business. You guys, because I'm trying to go home to my family. I'm not trying to be hanging around here, you know, any longer than I need to. But anyway, so that's my whole, so after that two years of experience, I'm like, dude, don't talk to me about no freaking racism, guys. You guys, you know, don't leave me, leave me alone. You know, America's not racist, period. There are now, no, hold it. Now let me racism exists, hmm. even from the experiences that I just told you, right? It does exist. But to blanket an entire country mm-hmm. and say it, that that just makes no sense. Because if that's the case, where are my chains? Yeah. Well, you're going to find out soon what, if, Biden, are they? if Biden gets office, you'll find out soon, brother. Okay. So <laughs> I was thinking last night, you know, I live in a very white community, uh-huh. um, region, province, country growing up. Uh, I can remember I had a black buddy in high school. I had a, a black, a black buddy early grade through two one two three four right uh i wish i could find i actually went to look for him the other day gregory peart i think his name was um a handsome kid uh there's me jim zockley there was three or four of us at the back of the room and we had this thing of course he had a he had a tight uh fro and we had this thing we did and it's like mine yeah, yeah. Um, 
we had this thing that probably started with Gregory, but I don't know for sure that it did. But we, well, yeah, it had to have. We come up on his head when he was sitting in the chair and just put our hands on his head and rub it and go, oh, that luxurious head. Oh, my God. You know, and then we oh, start. Dude, you then do we that all, You do that now. Do we do it all to like each <laughs> other all the time? You know, right. like we just we'll run up on a guy and go, oh. Oh, that head. I mean, we're grade three and four. I don't even know why I remember this. But um, so my experience is not like many experiences of people in the States where, you know, sometimes the, the white is a minority. Like there's, you know, like it's just not it wasn't common in. In, in my life, like I'm about to live in a white community. What can I do about it? Right. So I, we didn't have that whole. Oh, no, that's privilege. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Privilege. But man, I miss the days in the schoolyard. And then I, and from there till grade four, I was in public school. And then five, six, seven, and eight, I went to Catholic. Well, all right. my buddies were Italian. Right. Still, right. not a lot of. You know, we didn't have an Asian influence. Now we do because we've got a university. We've got more, but it's transient population and mostly students and stuff like that. And more families and real estate investment and stuff like that. So it's becoming more diverse and, and that's fine. I'm all for that. Uh, but it just start, I started thinking about the brothers in my life, the black guys, you know, for whatever. I don't know. I, I don't even know. Like I, I find saying... Like I find black offensive somehow. It's just like I don't know. Oh, we're no, all, that's, that's what, that's we're all I, humans. Black, like you I'm said, well, black. I'm not from Africa. I'm not African American. I totally get that. Uh, but <laughs> you, you've seen the guy that's like black is everything. Black is bad and all this and that. Oh, dude, there, there, there's a video out there. I, I want to. I'll yeah. send it to you later from Larry Elder. And during the I video, love Larry Elder. Yeah, he plays this clip from Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson does this poem about oh, dude. It is gonna your hairs are gonna just you'll end up like me when you watch that clip. It's the most beautiful, it's the most beautiful poetry. But it's all about he talks about how he's black and he's proud and he's proud to be a black American. The the poem is like five mm. minutes and it is so oh dude, yeah, send I'll it send over. it to you. Send it over. Oh dude, it is. Anyways, it is. I was going all there to say that when we were kids. Now, we weren't, we weren't, raci- we weren't racist, but man, everything flew in the schoolyard. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got offended. Nobody, Nobody got, got their feelings hurt. You know, I still say gay like we used to say gay like that's gay. It doesn't mean that's homosexual. It means it's like actually sometimes it refers to like being happy and skipping and happy? being gay, but to the like the extreme. Like, and we are so freaking sensitive now. And so, you know, my question when we when we get on to race and i had uh i say a brother uh a black guy come in to do the show that was very left and he you know they're they're not good at answering questions on racism because they're not good at doing research well no because here's my question to him how many of all the interactions that you have in a day all the human experiences that you have over a year, over a lifetime. Give me a percentage of how many of those are with blatantly racist people that go, you're inferior, you're lesser human being than I'm better than you. Like, Never. I I'm, mean, I, seriously, does it exist? Are there assholes out there? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, but on a percentage level, these people in the States, the Democrats, are making it sound like every minority or every... Uh, identifiable group 
is being oppressed by the system, but they can never show you proof. Hey, if you come to me and say, oh, this guy just said this and I didn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's all racist. You know, I'm beside you, man. I'm beside you. I'll go to it's war with you to defend you, your your rights. Right. You know what I mean? But right. yeah. They, and and they it's can funny never... that this is coming from the party mm-hmm. who, because the all the statue, but they're just trying to, remember during the riots when they were trying to burn down statues and blah, blah, blah. They took them down they, every They're just trying to destroy their own history. They're the ones who fought against um, freeing slaves. <laughs> Democrats are the ones who fought against, um, uh, did a 70-day filibuster to fight against um, affirmative action. Democrats are the ones who founded the Ku Klux Klan. Democrats, and they founded the Ku Klux Klan in order to intimidate and fearmonger black people to keep them from voting. Um, they also are the ones who established and um, put in the Jim Crow I hate, laws. I hate to be dramatic and say this, but I'm going to say it. AOC yeah. is the new KKK. She's keeping lists of people that supported Trump. They're supporting websites yeah. that put Trump donors on a map oh, dude, that, so you that you that can that hover that's, over that's it and beyond. see. What... That's that's old school Germany stuff. Oh right yeah, there. they're making sure you're on a list so you can't get employed. What? Because I support a con- like so Trump's not even conservative for crying out loud. He's like a he's a you know he broke the mold, man. He's the, right. the most he's the most unpolitical anti-establishment funniest uh f you kind of guy i've ever seen and he's right like this is some why aren't we grateful for a guy that broke the system every president before him was a puppet and he said he said f you to the pharmacies he said f you to china he said build the wall like i mean what the hell he they broke the mold with Trump, and I yeah. can't believe that my heart breaks for a lot of reasons in Canada and in the States, North America. One, fatherlessness has got to be the root cause of just about everything that plagues us right now, especially in black America. It's it's just incredible that our mentors, our leaders, and good masculine men are gone, man. Well, they're not gone. Oh, and then that's another, they're not gone, but they're on the ropes, man. Oh, another um, um whatever it is they're playing or they're trying to do with, with men, with the whole feminism and then the whole, you know, um, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's craziness. I'm still trying to, like I said, I'm, it's my first year. So I'm still adapting, but I know it's maddening. I want to go back to when you were talking about being young, cause I'm 57. Right. right. So I come from the old school. When you talked about all the play, dude, when we were kids, yeah, we talked about each other's mama. Oh, remember? No, yo, yo, there was no boys. And blah, blah, blah. And yo, mama, and you look like a. And we talked about each other. Dude, we clowned each other. You know what I was called in school? I had two names. I had two names in school. Um, I think I had. Yeah, I had two names. I was Black Bruce Lee because of the slip line. <laughs> and I was Spock because of my ears. Okay. And dude, I love. And it, it didn't bother me. It was like, whatever. You know, you know, live long and prosper. Okay. <laughs> but if I, you did that today, oh my gosh. And, it, it, yeah. and I don't know if you remember, it was not too long ago when they would, when online bullying was, he- you know, was heavy and, and they were doing PB, um, commercials about it, you know, um, promoting stop online bullying, blah, blah, blah. Oh, did now, now? They're going, they're literally, literally people are killing themselves um, behind these leftist radical, you know, like I said, basement dwelling troglodytes 
you know, and and nobody's no, yeah. Make a racist statement depend depends on who you are. If you make a racist statement, whether Twitter oh, will ban you or not. Right. I love how I love how the Hodge twins get away with it. I just love it because, you know, it was decades ago when I'm like, okay, so if you find something really offensive as a race or a person or or whatever, then take it and use it. And so that it doesn't mean anything anymore. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, I own the thing. Like, uh, I don't know. I just, I come from the schoolyard, man. And I'm long for those days. I know we're not going back to it, but it it goes back to the narrative that we're systemically racist. No, we are the most tolerant that we've ever been. And get this, we get better every day. We're more understanding, yeah. we're more tolerant, we're more accepting. And now, but it's gone now, it's gone to if you, if your son comes to you and said, Daddy, I want what she's got. I don't want this anymore. Um, give it to me for Christmas. And you don't start puberty blockers or whatever. You don't tell you, you know, like they can come and take your kid now. Now I know I'm, that's not even hyper. No, that's real. I think they did it to it's some kid here in California. It's, it's actually happening. I know yeah, it doesn't. Nope. It's not on the order of like this in Canada. A guy was charged or facts interceded because he was sending his kid to bu- on the bus by himself to school. I don't. I can't remember how old he was, but he was unsupervised t- taking transit to school. And they charged them. Oh, there was one time too. On uh, they're in a park, unsupervised. Yeah, abandonment for letting them play in a park by themselves down the street from the house. What? You gonna what tell me I need to watch my six year old go next door? Like Jesus. <laughs> you know Holy what, smokes. JJ? I say all the time. I don't bring God into this, but last night I got so. I got so frustrated. I did uh-huh. a, I did a, I replayed Trump's bit 46 minutes. And then I came in, I did like an hour or an hour and more of commentary afterwards. I was just on fire. It's, it ended at one in the morning. And at the end of it, with the masking in the lockdowns, oh, we, oh, we, we, we have an unelected doctor in the Niagara region here that's pretty much single-handedly ruined the restaurant industry by saying you can't eat at a table with anyone more than four people and they all have to live with you. So the restaurant industry, this is an unelected uh, doctor who is tweeting and liking stuff from local radical feminists, the Lincoln Project, anti-Trump stuff, pro-Biden stuff. This is a bureaucrat, turns out one of the most powerful ones. So the regional government comes together. They unanimously pass something that says you retract your law. He doesn't have to do shit, and he hasn't done it. So I'm watching my friends and family go insane, melt down slowly, like being reduced to it's subhuman what they're doing to these guys. No one wants to talk about it. And for the first time last night, it's masks. It's lockdowns, it's <laughs> it's tyranny, and I just like for the la- for the first time I'm like God, please help these people wake up. 
The it masks are dirty. It's not helping. We've had, in my country right now, we went from the peak in April was 2,000 infections a day. Now we're at 6,000 infections. At the 2,000 level, we were having two test results. We were having 200 deaths a day in April. Now we're having 50. So we're three times the infections at half the deaths. Yes. No one wants to talk about we're doing better. It's okay. Oh, no. yeah, racism exists, but we're getting better. We're rooting it out. You know the. I, there's no it's, end to it. George Floyd, they gave him a, a gold casket, a, oh, we're a military wet, oh, a, a, a military funeral. There. Like, oh my can we gosh. get back to uh, good masculine men and being okay with so leading me, our communities me, and our young boys right. and girls? So let me, let me, oh, dude, because you know you jumped on the vibe, so you went there, and everybody will tell you my pet peeve is this whole corona persona. <sighs> Um, one, um, the mask don't work, period. How can you? And quite possibly could say, be hurting. You know, you know what they go? They go, wear your mask, social distance, wear your mask, social distance, wear your mask. Wash Numbers your are going hands. up. Numbers are going up. Numbers are going up. Wear your mask. Wait a minute. You're preaching. Stop. Wait, wait, wait. You keep telling me numbers are going up, but you keep telling me the world freaking mess. <laughs> so obviously, your mask not working. And didn't Flip Flop Fauci say in the beginning? Flip-flop he actually Fauci. said, you know, Fauci, dude, I hold people to their word. I hold them to their word. Yeah, you were just, no. He actually said they give people some sense of like false comfort, but they aren't really necessary. But then he comes out. You know, but then he flips on that. He's he's just now flipped about kids going back to school. Kids should have went back to school a long time ago. Kids are the least susceptible to this virus. Um, the 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 the, the death to death. I've been tracking it. So here in here in my little town, I'll use my town for example, where I live. One point five million individuals. We've had um, I. Don't know what the, you know what, matter of fact, I'm going to do it really quick because I usually follow it. So let's see, my stuff, Corona, here, I can tell you right now. Catch your cost account. You could even share it if you want. Do you know so that over there? Have you ever tried to share? You throw, uh, throw yeah, it yeah, 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 share if, if you let me because you're the host. Yeah, just remember to take it down. But this will, uh, okay. oh, oh, you get you need permission? Yeah, I need permission. Well, we haven't figured out how you could record it. What are the chances I'm going to let you <laughs> one participant, <laughs> multiple participants? Did you get it? Nope, not yet. No, I didn't get to check. Because okay. it said you disabled sharing. I did? Um, yeah. Huh. Oh, maybe that's in another screen. Maybe Advanced sharing options. Screen. Here we go. Who can share okay. participants? Here we go. Uh, okay. You should have it now. Okay. Da, 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 da. Here we go. All right, let's take a look. Let's see. All right, here we go. It's uh, Joseph J. Right. Show, everyone. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Joseph J. Take it away. <laughs> All right, so there you go. You see the screen? Yeah, yeah. Love That's where you. I live. Costa um, County. 25,000 total cases. Look at how many recovered. Uh-huh. It's over 90%. That's probably close to probably 95 or something like that. Uh-huh. That's recovered. Deaths total since this began now, since this began, 
Um, see, total tested, where's deaths? 261 out of 1.5 million individuals. <laughs> and then the deaths, look, look at the deaths. Hold on, watch this. I'll move the scale. Look at the gaps in between. Look, look right here. Mm-hmm. And that's back in May. Now look, so this has been November. Look at November, and now we're in December. So 261, 1.5 million people. You do the math. Hmm. Crazy, man. Uh, I run a interactive map uh-huh. that was put out by StatsCan. I did it on the show last night. I could pull it up now, but uh, it uh, shows that we're far Are you looking above, at world meter? No, world meter? Yeah, world meters is good. I get some data from that. But this is a StatsCan okay. site that's interactive. Uh, weekly deaths over the last six years on a graph. And right now we've okay. fallen way below all the years. Like, wow. Yeah, we're substantially lower in the weekly deaths, and we've been like that for about a month. Now, what, what's going on? What's going on with that? Why aren't people dying well because they're not driving their cars they're not leaving their houses i don't know like i mean just that's why and you don't even even hear about car you don't hear about car accidents on the news anymore (laughs) you don't hear about and i'm sure somebody's died in a car accident in the last what nine months (laughs) there was a big there was a uh, you don't hear anything about the flu flu season all you know all they tell you is that it is the flu season and to get a flu shot Mm -hmm. but you don't hear anything about flu deaths um, you don't hear from CNN. Like I said, none of them tell you numbers of people recovered, and they don't compare the numbers to the total population of individuals. Uh-huh. All they do is tell you numbers are up, numbers are up, numbers are up. And I keep telling, and I, you know what, Trump said it, and I took it on as my own little thing. I say, you want to bring the numbers down? Stop testing. <laughs> I think I'm sharing something with you now. This is the this is StatsCan, yeah. so this is in Canada. Of course, okay. we see a spike in April. This, right. The dotted line is 2020. Look at that. Look at that. Look, look at that. All oh my down gosh. through here. Look at the deaths over here. Wow. Like substantially lower than dump. any other year. Yeah, if we had a spike here, now what? You know what? You know what I appreciate? We are washing our hands now. I'm a germaphobe. I'm not a germaphobe. I, I don't take, understand I, why people I, doing it in the first freaking place. I take getting sick seriously. If, if my hands are dirty, I, I wash them before I go to the bathroom. Like, right. I, I never eat food without washing my hands. Right. I don't touch public surfaces. I use my sleeve on doors. I don't touch yeah. the, the hand railing on the escalators. Uh, I think that's yeah. the elevator yeah. the buttons. Nothing. I don't touch any of that, the, that common stuff. I'm careful. Yeah. And yeah, then, I didn't listen to my wife once. We were on we were on public transportation. We were on a uh, out here they call it BART, the train system. And as we're getting off the train, I grabbed the uh, you know I'm holding on to the handrail, right? Mm. And as soon as we walk off the train, I wiped my eye. No. And I kid you not, by the time I got to the top of that escalator, burning. I said I'm finna be sick. I was down for four. Serious. Yeah. Can that shit hit you that fast? Hit that fast. Do you really think that was that was, that, that was what you touched though? Yeah. Oh, I was fine. I was fine until I did that. 
The wow. moment I wiped my eye, because I, you know, I took my hand, I wiped my eye. I'm thinking contrived it through your system. You had to be something that was felt, working. I just felt weird, Are you... and I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm gonna get sick." Uh... And my wife was like, "I told you, stop touching." <laughs> <laughs> And ever since then, yeah, I use my sleeve. I like, you know, when I'm on public transportation and stuff, I'll use my sleeve. Mm-hmm. You know, to, or, or I try not to touch it at all. I try not to even, you know, I, some things, some, in some cases you can't avoid, but grab the handle. Here's but I'm, I'm here's totally a new one, um, cognizant of it now. You seeing this um, one? New cases in Canada? Yeah. I'm sharing it with you now, and it's live here on the screen. So right. new daily cases. This is in April, wave one, right? Let's call it 2,000. It goes 17, 1,800, but just for grins, here's 2,000. This is that line. Let's call it 2K. Right now, we're at 6K. Now, and I'm not interested in the cumulative stuff. Look when it caught us right. off guard here. We're talking uh, max, like well under 200, but let's call it 200 uh, right. based on 2,000 cases a day over here. 100 deaths based on 6,000 cases a day. So just like I said to you, three times the infections, one half the deaths. Half the death rate. Yeah, like we're, we're, we're doing okay. If we're doing okay. Here's where we failed. At th- first, I think Trump did a pretty good job, especially ban in China. We didn't do that in Canada. We didn't, right. we didn't set up testing. Uh, when he banned flights from... Um, from Europe, my Europe, jaw uh-huh. hit the floor. I was broadcasting him live when he did that, and I was uh-huh. like, "Holy, you know what?" I said, "I said, holy, you know what?" And I couldn't believe he did it. Like, what a ballsy move! Like that is that is putting your economy. Nah, not according to the law. Not according to him. He didn't do anything. Wow, he hasn't done enough. So we didn't, didn't do any of that. In, we didn't do any he, of that in Canada, and then. <laughs> You know, they actually scared me. I was laughing last night on the broadcast. They scared me so badly in February. I remember I wore gloves into a grocery store once. And it was, well, it was because a friend of mine said, well, here's the deal. You can borrow my car because my car was down. I was borrowing a car. And you can borrow my car, but you got to take the, la- you, 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 t- you put your gloves on when you get out of the vehicle. You wear them through the store, and then before you get into the vehicle, you take the gloves off, and then still sanitize everything once you get in the car, and we're good. Because I'm, you know, I don't want to get it. And if you take my I car, you got to promise no, me no, to no. do that. And so I, I did know, what I she to... said, and then I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. You've um, been we, duped, we, baby. You've been right. duped is my favorite when, thing. Right. When this thing first hit, I was, you know, we were all cautious, right? Because we didn't know, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, and I always keep, and, and even before it started, in the side, my side door is a, a big pump thing of hand sanitizer. Uh-huh. When I go to gas stations, I don't want to touch those pumps. Mm. <laughs> you don't have to, I'd be pumping gas. That's like, those things probably have as many transactions as a person. You know what, that's money. one thing I'm not conscious of, because I think that I'm just, I'm going to end up with gas all over my hands anyway. Like I'm just, yeah, there's, that's almost an unavoidable one for me, but you're right. That that's not the, that's not the healthiest place either, but I'm more. So I keep, yeah, I keep hand sanitizer Mm. in my car. I keep wipes. And when the first thing started, I was wiping down everything and, you know, it did, you know, time's gone on and I've done more research. I've been tracking these numbers. I'm like, come on, dude. Uh, One of my neighbors, I'll tell you what, my neighbor. I don't like that hand stuff. sanitizer though, because that, you know the theory on that stuff, and I never buy antibacterial anything because uh-huh. I was always of the school of thought that 
you've got good bacteria on your hands too that keeps the right. big the big flus away like you right. know like you need the good bacteria there and like you got to keep your hands clean but that for some reason that not only the alcohol content and the chemicals that are in it but i just don't like the idea of stripping you know stripping all the, those things off your yeah. hand which i use it sparingly it's not mm-hmm. something like i said i keep it in my car i don't have any in the house or anything and that could be an old wives tale i don't know but there's just uh, something i don't i don't like putting that stuff on my body yeah. Now another thing, another subject we haven't touched on here. The election. Oh no. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the election. So it's being said, CNN, MSNBC, ABC. Shit, where'd you go, brother? What happened? Come back to me now. JJ, we lost you. Yeah, You're here. back. You're back. I'm here. We lost yeah. you. Okay, good. Go ahead. Yeah. You, you were saying so, the election. Yeah, election. So, um, you know, mainstream media telling you nothing to see here. Trump just needs to leave quietly. He's pouting out. Um, all that good stuff, you know. I think there's, you know, I, I think there's something there. Matter of fact, I know there's something there because I live in California. Uh, most of your, even though it happened all over the place, the majority of the fraud happened in places like Michigan, big democratic cities is where, you know, things kind of went south. Now, if I have a quick second, the reason I have an issue with this and my son actually told me too. My son was like, you know what? Eh, I think we need to check to see if our vote counted. And I was like, ah, don't worry about it. We're, we're, we're good. Yeah, it probably did because we went and voted in person. You know? Um, so then the other day, my son decides to check anyway because they were, they're talking about the hearings now and they're getting testimony from all these people, the affidavits. My son decides to check. So he goes on his phone. I know in California, they do have a method for you to to actually track not just your mail-in ballot, but your regular in-person ballot. You can track and see if whether or not your vote counted. Now, what happened was on November 3rd, 6 a.m., me and my son got up and we went, we were 30 minutes early, actually. We just sat out in the car as we waited for um, the polling place to open. Polling place opens, we go in, we fill out our, get our information, fill out our ballot, we cast our vote. Vote gets fed into the machine. So, my son, the other night, he looks on his phone and he calls me and I go in the room and he said, yeah, you know what? He was like, guess what? I'm like, what? He says, my vote, and if you're there, I'm going to share this. Well, this is a picture I, 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 a picture I made. So me, my, me, me, my son, my daughter. My daughter voted in person someplace else here in California. Me and my son voted at the same polling place on November 3rd. 
over here to um, my left, I don't know what that is, my right, where it says complete. This is my son's vote. He voted on November 3rd. Look when it says he voted. November 5th. So therefore his vote didn't count. Wow. Yeah. My daughter voted on November 3rd. The only thing she got back when she checked was it says they mailed her a ballot, but that there is no indication that she voted. <sighs> Me, who voted with my son on November 3rd, look, look, right here, look, right there, November 3rd, see what circle? November 3rd, I took this picture, look at my picture, with my Trump hat, <sighs> I voted. There is no record found of me having voted or even registered to vote. Oh, heavy duty. No, there's no voter fraud. Nothing to see here. This <laughs> and that's just us. This mail-in ballot experiment has been a nightmare. If yeah. but remember, I voted if, in person. Me and my son voted in yeah, person. Yeah, no shit, even. If Stone and Bannon were around for this campaign, this stuff never would have gone down. The states changed. They they pulled a fast one. They did the bait and switch thing. They're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to make it. They know, changed the rules. The they, went, they changed the yeah. rules. It's and unconstitutional. So now, you can't change where... the way we elect the highest office in the land at the right. state level and think that right. that's not like, come on. Right. Well, here's, so here's what my, my allegiance So now. So all your viewers can know, I am not, I am kind of red pillish, but I am not what's known as a conservative. I have conservative thinking, but I am officially independent because I, this catastrophe, I hold not just the Democrats responsible. I hold the GOP and the Republican Party responsible for it because Donald Trump was the only person on the mountaintop preaching this from the beginning that this would be a disaster and nobody backed him up. Nobody stood, and even now, nobody's backing him up. He's out here fighting a battle on his own. You know, you got a, a bunch of the GOP, um, Mitch McConnell, uh, they're the, the, the biggies, the big wig GOPs, they're kind of backing him up. But where's the army, dude? Where's the entire freaking GOP on this? Had they gotten on this from the beginning and pushed back on it, we wouldn't be in this predicament. So I hold them as much responsible as the the Dominion Clinton software. <laughs> Michael Johns was on my show yesterday Craziness. and I summarized his point. I said, so what you're telling me is, is that the evidence is there. You think it'll get processed in court, but you don't think that the court has the political will or the courage to take a stand and say, uh, "Well, they can." We've got a couple options. If if the if the states, if enough of these swing states are unable to certify because court orders them, they're unable. To, they're unable to because of so many discrepancies. And I think this is a real yeah. long shot. Um. But his, I kind of got a hopeless feeling, and here's a guy that knows a whole lot about this, and he's at the, been at the forefront for a long time, and he's still fighting the fight, kind of of the of the opinion that, yeah, the Supreme Court wouldn't have the courage to take a stand on this. And can you imagine if 
if something happens and it goes to the House for an election at the House and the Republicans control the House and Trump is elected by the House as president, dude, you thought you saw fires before. Burn. Oh, it's going to get crazy. Oh, I already know that. Like, you, how do we think, even, like, I mean, uh, Trump was doing really well. Half the yeah. country loves him. Half yeah. the country doesn't love Biden. They don't even know he's about. They, they vote. I can't guy. even believe that any one person would vote for them. But okay, if you're a party guy and you vote Democrat, okay, I get it, I guess. But right. here he oh, is man. standing up against uh, the Chinese virus, for lack of a better term. I think he did a decent job. There was... You know, he, he, he certainly wasn't, he, he wasn't he, perfect. He, 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 I mean, he could, he, we, we were just, we were learning did. about it, it as it went along, you know, but there's other yeah. guys that blew it and those are all Democrats like Cuomo in New York and um, we could remember, go on. Get Pelosi Newsom. was telling people to come on down to Chinatown. Yeah, but no, party. I mean, Cuomo put, you know, infected prisoners in old age homes. Like we saw oh. one, we saw one yeah, yeah, I think he's, guy he has beat the a man death to rate. death, you know, in an old age home, yeah. a criminal that had COVID that was... Quarantined with the most vulnerable people, like, and then he wrote a book about how great he is. And what are the lessons we learned from crisis, dude? You mismanaged. You were ground zero for the whole United States for COVID. Oh well, it's just because it's a hub. No, because you blew it. That's New York's fault. It's their own fault for not responding. So much rage. Yeah. Anyways, we could we could have done more in Canada. We could have taken a stronger uh, border. Uh, we could have put checkpoints. We could have even taken temperatures for that matter. It's easy to put a thermometer. Not that that's the be all and end all, but um, I think we took uh, voluntary quarantine too lightly. Um, but um, on the other hand, you know, they're trying to they're trying to tell us that we need 95% of the population to take the vaccine so we can reach herd immunity. I'm not taking no shot, dude. I don't, I don't get the flu. Oh, and I don't take the flu say. shot. I've taken so, a vaccine. I've taken. I've taken a flu shot every year. No, I never do. You know, it's well. been around. But here's what I. Here's what I. But here's my thing on the on the the, the you know uh, Fauci talking about it, even after you take take the uh, vaccine, you still have to. No, 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 son. Here's here's where the buck stops. You shoot me in the arm with that needle, the mask comes off. Period. <laughs> That's why, why are they giving Trump a hard time for not wearing a mask? The guy's immune. He can't be a, can he be a spreader now? Is he a perpetual oh, spreader spread. now? Oh, I forgot about the super spreader. He's already I forgot, had I it. He's no, immune. Super he doesn't... spreaders only happen at Trump rallies. <laughs> I can't believe they're still giving that's, him shit for not wearing a mask. Happen. The dude, yeah. he beat it. Or, or if you're, <laughs> he, or if you're he beat Trump, it. Joe um, broke his foot playing with his dog. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, Trump yeah. beat COVID in like what was it a week? There's a, there's a nice, there's a cute meme out there of of, of uh, Biden being tripped by Kamala, and she's talking about bad dog as he's tripping over her foot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but you know, here's the thing. Um, not really. You know, I've talked to a few people, and I we've all come to the consensus: it's not Biden we're afraid of. He'll be he he will he even last a year? It's not him that we're afraid of. It's it's the individuals who are pulling the strings on it hmm. <laughs> that we need to. Well, uh, the whole you know, your, ideology. Your AOCs, you know, yeah. the squad, Bernie Sanders. I cannot find. I can't, flat out I dangerous. Can, I can almost not find anything of worth on that side of the political argument. What? What? Let's see. If I was going to steel man 
a leftist point, what would it be? I, I can't even understand it. Uh, here's one that freaks me out is I talked about fatherlessness. I take my children, my issues with children very seriously. <laughs> you know, you're talking about transitioning them, um, uh, indoctrination in the, the school system. Um, you know, oh man, the stuff they're this, teaching in schools. This idea that you can just be anything you want to be just by dreaming about it. You gender three. You know, and even just in general in life, like just, uh, just you know, just think you're a millionaire and you'll be one. No, you got to work. You got to set goals. And, you know, I wish they'd teach in school a little bit more think and grow rich rather than uh, the government make me rich type of thing. Right. There, nobody just wants take to talk from the other about, person to give to you. Nobody no. wants to talk about personal responsibility anymore on, on working your way up. You know, they all right. want to talk about like, what can I get from the government? What... What should everyone get? You know, the guaranteed annual income, I guess. You know, that's something, if if I had a socialist position that I would still kind of be in favor of, there's so much bureaucracy with the the UIC and the, the workers' comp and if you get hurt or whatever. And, you know, I, I'd be almost okay. And somebody's floating flat tax on me the other day. I'm not sure where I come down on that yet, but it sure would make things simple. And corporations would probably pay a lot more. They wouldn't have all these write-offs. You know, you just have a flat tax right across the... Board, but the guaranteed annual income from the standpoint that we could do away with so many of the bureaucracies and just make sure that people, like I still kind of believe that if you take care of people, yeah. uh, they won't spend it on drugs and booze and stuff like that. Like if you give them enough to get by for food and shelter, they're not going to be like, you know, okay, they're going to well, use it I to get a vacation, ahead. dude. I want to go to Hawaii. Yeah. You're talking about food and shelter. So, but That's I don't why know. I work. Yeah. <laughs> It's, That's why I have a job. It's the other thing well, that occurs for me right now, is, you know, we were, we're this this push to lift people out, out of poverty, poverty, and I get it. Yeah, let's get the margins. Right. Let's Let me make tell it you so it's more right. uncommon. But, like, historically, we've always had poor. We're, no, we're not any better equipped now to deal with the real small, you know, the one the cases that fall through the cracks and mental illness and all that kind of stuff that end up people being homeless and poor. Like you've always had that in society, and I'm saying it's right. I'm like, are you ever going to get rid of poverty? Like, no. you know, just, like no, you're ever going to get rid of crime? Like, right? You know, but here's people what you are going to do. do things. I don't know. Here's what you can do. I grew up in um, the projects, San Francisco, Hunters Point. My mother was on welfare. She got food stamps. She used those food stamps to feed us. She used that welfare money to pay rent. She made sure I went to school every day. She made sure I did my homework every day. And then she taught me how to write checks when I was nine, taught me how to cook when I was nine, um, learned how to tell time when I was in school. Um, and then I have family members who lived, were middle class that lived in Los Angeles, I would go spend the summers with them, right? So I would go down there every summer and spend the summers with them. And there was this family, cause it was just me and my mother. But with them, I got to see an, a, a complete family unit, mother, father, seven kids, right? The father was a principal, the mother was a housekeeper and she owned a daycare center. 
her own business. But this was a family environment. And um, long story short, eventually I moved down there and lived with them for a while. I went to high school. And I started learning stuff about uh, my cousins. When they were like 13 years old, they wanted to start their own businesses, right? And there used to be a newspaper. And they would, uh, it was like you could buy, it was what we have today we call, what's the name of that dumb, I forget. But anyway, it's like a research. You could buy you stuff out of it, right? So what my cousins would do, we were like 14, 15 years old. We would, they would buy broken down mini bikes, broken down mopeds, fix them up, and resell them. Um, and, and I'm looking at, and I'm looking at stuff like so. I'm learning the value of work, the value of you know, if you want money, you work for it. Um, I was, um, I remember I had a flute, long story short, it got stolen. My mother said, if you want another one, you're going to buy it yourself. You know what I did? I got a job. I saved up the money and I bought me a new one myself. Well, bam, thank you. It's amazing what hard work can solve when you put your mind to it. Not only that, I'm glad you said Uh, that. There's a certain segment of society that even hard work won't work for. It's the what What's the that? 15% that are below the IQ of 85. They can't actually hold a norm, like the, they're unemployable even to the army, right? Intellectually, okay. they just don't have the mental skills. We're always gonna have that segment of society that can't hold down a job because they're not mentally equipped to. And this idea, right. yeah, you work hard, you get places, but we have a segment of society that will always be with us that are like then who, then unemployable. Who you know what I mean? Like, okay, so then what do you, 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 you know what I mean? Um, I went to work. So let me tell you. So as an adult, remember, I went to prison for two years. Now, according to society, I'm unemployable, hmm. right? When I come out of prison, I'm unemployable. But you know what I, what I did while I was in prison? I learned something. That's not true. You can get a job in the states by having a criminal record. I'm probably it's probably harder, but like I mean, it's harder. That you will eventually get one. Mm. But the, the the premise is they make it seem like you're just totally, you know, asked out for a while. You know what? You know? I don't think. But here's what happened. I mean, we like some things in Canada, but I don't think for the most part that no, you go to get a job in Canada, your criminal record doesn't come into consideration. Oh, well, it, you, well, here's how it worked for me. So after I get out, when I'm in prison, uh, I had the opportunity to learn about computers. This was in the eight, this was in uh, eight, 90, 96, 96. And so they put me in this, this, um, cause, oh, by the way, when you're in prison in California, you have to work. Would you in do prison. T- they, would they you, give you a job. Would you go up you for You might make 13 cents an hour, but you get a job. <laughs> what did you go up for? Um, blue collar, blue collar crime. I'll just leave it like that. Blue collar wasn't hard. I was just level two, um, and at level two, and, and that's another story we can talk about another time. The way people blow out prisons. Prisons has levels depending on the crime you commit. They're not going to house. I'll just put it like this: They're not going to house a mass murderer with somebody who did credit cards. So, so murder then? No, no. Two, two separate <laughs> lives. You guys, yeah. But dude, anyway, so dude, you got to come computers. on the show. You got to be upfront about what you went up for. Oh, it was credit card. Oh, credit card fraud. Oh, okay. Card fraud. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Um, so, was that so difficult? No, no. So, uh, 
So, but I learned a trade while I'm in prison. I learned computers because I knew they, they had options. You could learn pig farming. You could work on a pig farm. You could do the chicken farm. There was carpentry and sheet metal. I, I lived in the city. I knew there were no pigs or chickens. <laughs> so something I wasn't interested in. But I knew computers were going someplace. So right. I took that. And basically what I did every day in prison, we we um we removed viruses. So, so um, companies like Pac Bell, big corporations would donate their computers, their old computers, and we would clean them up, fix them, take viruses, and then we would donate them to schools. So I get out of prison and um, the first job I get, as a matter of fact, I wasn't out. I got a job within my first month. I was a janitor in a pet hospital for a while, but I still like my computer stuff. So I was learning that while I was working um, four hours, you know, I think I worked like 12 hours a week at this pet hospital, you know, cleaning out the cages, taking dogs for a walk, whatever. My first IT job is in 1999 with SBC when DSL first hit. That was my very first job and um, doing that. So I did that for a couple of years. I've been in IT ever since. But had I just sat there and, and, and just said, what if I had just sat in prison and just said, well, woe is me, you know, uh, I'm just going to get out and I'll, I'll never be successful. And, and then I listened to society tell me that I'm oppressed, you know, with uh, and that I'm a victim. And, and all this stuff, if, if I listen to that, then yeah, chances are probably, yeah, probably not going to get anywhere. But one of the things, so then I set a goal for myself. So I, um, in 19 and 2000, 2012, so I decided I wanted to get into networking. So 2012, I go to a school, I, I get my Cisco, I get Cisco certified. And while I'm there, the, the instructor actually teaches part of the, the trainings is he teaches you how to value yourself. Exactly what are your skills worth on the market? And from the experience that I had when I got there, he asked me, he goes, well, how much do you think you're worth? Long story short. And I tell him, well, I don't, I said, uh, 40,000. He looks at my resume and he starts laughing. He was like, you really don't think much of yourself. And he said, at, at, at minimal, when you leave the school, you should be asking for no, no less than 80 grand here. So I started, so I set a goal. I set my mind to, I said, you know what? I'm going to reach six figures in three years. But I'm going through all the steps. Steps I did it in a year and a half. And that was basically because I worked as a contractor. I went from job to job and in each job, I left and went to the next one. I upped my value. And within, you know, three and a half years, I was making six figures. But once again, it's all about a mindset. It's all about, do you really want to be successful? Do you want to achieve something? Or do you just want to completely complain, lay around and complain about, you know, racism and, and, and people pressing you and people, um, giving you no opportunity to be successful, which in the United States is probably one of the um, only places where you have the opportunity to do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want to be. It's up to you whether or not you want to do that. Now, you just want to 
be in the mindset to allow yourself to be indoctrinated with a bunch of, I don't know what to call it, garbage is what I would call it, then that's on you. But don't turn around and then tell me that I am privileged. Oh, and then the whole thing. Oh, man. Yeah, the white privilege thing. I, I, yeah. It makes my head hurt thinking about it. You know, now you want people to feel guilty, number one, for something that their ancestors probably probably weren't slave owners. Not, not only and that. And then they have to feel. I and, and, how, and then. Doctor, I call him uh, Uncle Dad. Uh, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson says, you know, we're all pretty fortunate and privileged to live where we live and have running water and electricity and a roof over our heads and stuff like that. Yeah, you could be, you know, you could, you could be in the middle of some other country where, you know, uh, a matter of fact, I, I, one of my, one a person I know in a particular country, I won't give that country away, but I know this for a fact because me, uh, me and this person work together and we would do conference calls. and Every now and then, our call would drop, right? And it would drop, like, more times than, you know, would make you very irritated. And the person finally told me, she goes, well, our, our, our internet here sucks. You know, she goes, they actually have power outages. The entire city has power outages regularly. The internet's bad. The air quality... Um, is horrible. Um, they told me it takes them for a 20 mile, because I think they would take the taxi to, to the main office from their home. To go 20 miles is two hours. So, you know, and then I had the nerve to complain about, <laughs> you know, to go, uh, 60 miles, two hours here in the States in, in commuter traffic. But the whole thing is that, yeah, it's, you know what? I, I think we become complacent. People have just become complacent. They have no true uh, appreciation for the freedoms that they have. And one of the things I always say about people, I say people tend to just not care until it directly affects them. You know, when the situation hits them, then all of a sudden they'll be concerned and all of a sudden they'll care, you know. My brother, um, let me interrupt you a second. Um, sure. What are you up to? Like, what are you doing right now? What's your underlying commitment and how are you, like, like, what do you find in your purposes? What are you doing, like, logistically right now with your world? So for me personally, I, I really, like, I have my YouTube channel. Um, I have two, like, I have two YouTube channels. I have a political one and, and my ex- was with this one and, and basically I just kind of like want to try to reach people and, and, and I'm just trying to connect with people that are willing to listen willing to listen um, I have this saying that if I hand you a bar of gold and you spend five minutes trying to convince me it's lead then we don't have much to talk about you know um, and so, yeah, that's where I am right now. You know, right now I, I kind of, um, in between jobs, I want to get back to work doing, you know, my computer networking stuff. I'm a network engineer by trade, 
but um, I, I found a niche in having fun, you know, doing the YouTube videos and trying to reach people and just trying to help them see that, you know, look, I think what I would want people to do, if, if I would say anything, is to try to think for themselves. Stop being pulled, let, let along by the nose, by mainstream media and by what society or what they call group think or the collective you can put it that way believe you should think or not think or what you should believe or whatever and like this thing with social media how they censor people like me and you and you know and and other people who who are just normal i call those just normal people you know we, we speak the truth and for some reason, the truth doesn't matter anymore these days. You have to believe the lie in order to be accepted. So what are you standing for? What are your principles? I'm really fighting against, like you, many of the false narratives. You know, there's no gender pay gap for women. Actually, women make no, a there lot is more no money before. Pay gap. They actually make more money than men do before they go out of the workforce to have children yeah. at 30-something, whatever. Uh, whatever the yeah. average age for having them is. Uh, so I really, the, the Black Lives Matter thing, I didn't know why Kaepernick oh, that was one will kneeling. Help. You know what, I'll come back you know? and we'll, we'll do, we'll yeah. tell you what, let's do that with another show. Right. Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's do that one. But no, I'm not, I'm not for any of it. Yeah, so you're any just, uh, you kind of taking a stand on similar issues? How, how, yeah. how often? I love my country, dude. Yeah. I love my country. I love God. About, God, country. My, my mantra in life is God, family, country and the IRS cousin. You don't pay your taxes. <laughs> so that's my order right there. God, tell, family, country. Tell us more about you. You married, you got kids. Like what's your, what's uh, I have a, a, four adult children four? that I raised who are all very four? normal. Four? Yeah. Tell we us about them. How old seven. are they? Tell them, tell me all about the kids. Uh, son, 28 daughter 30 a daughter the oldest daughter is 36 um she's but so my oldest daughter and my son are along the line the three of us we are the uh i guess you could say the 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 awake yeah i want to use awakened not woke we are the awakened ones in in the family the three of us um my youngest daughter, my wife, and others, they just, you know, they just believe in going about life. Nothing's wrong. It is what it is. Accept it and move on type attitude. Um, that's them. Um, my son is actually looking to leave California soon to go to a nice open red state because he is a Second Amendment uh, guy, he has his, he has his own firearm, but he would like to be able to pick and choose what firearms he can purchase and not have them chose for him. Um, here in California, we have pretty pretty stringent gun laws. They they control what you're able to buy, it's from guns to ammo, and that's not what our Second Amendment is about. You know, the Constitution is about uh, freedom of speech. That's my biggie. I'm not a big fan of the censorship thing, but unfortunately, I can't just go into Facebook or go to Twitter or Google and, 
you know, slap the CEOs across the face and say, dude, come on. Let people say what they want to say. And I don't understand how this supposedly hurts them, but my son helped me to appreciate it. I think he said it hurts their sponsors, you know, because I don't, you're making money off of, you know, people like us. We, we, we generate your revenue. So I don't understand why you would not allow people this, the platform to say what they want to say, you know, uh, because it doesn't agree with their ideologies. But anyway, so that's where I am. I am. I am about. I am about the Constitution. I am about this this country, the freedoms, and um, keeping it free. Right now, it's a fight to keep it free. You know, we're in a real battle right now, and I think we're in a battle, not just physically there's something really wicked going on here you know um Spiritual. so you know so i don't know how you i mean i know we're both god-fearing men we believe in the bible uh but you gotta admit dude it's 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 some pretty crazy stuff going on out here that it's it's beyond human to me you know um and i think it's really some evil that's that's just prevalent in the atmosphere, you know, these days. If we were going to go out on a hopeful note, give me some reasons to have faith and be hopeful that it's all going to be okay. In the end, it is in God's hands. We're just humans. It's, it's that simple. We can only do so much, period. You know, uh, if you, I tell people if you are truly a believer, because I, you know, I, people do their whole Christian thing on Facebook and they post their little memes, and that's all good and fine. But if you truly do believe in a higher power, I, God, I call him God, Jesus Christ, though that's where I put mine, <laughs> you know, that's why I hang my hat, you know, um, then leave it to him. Right now, we can do nothing more than actually just pray and, and, and see how it turns out. That's it. And keep each other going, though. I think it's important for us as human beings to keep each other going. Like guys like me and you support each other. I think our whole community needs to come together and push back on this left thing. Now, yeah, let me close with that. If I was to say something positive, just like the left mob, they are the, the mob how they can come together and get somebody fired or doxxed and all that. Why can't we? I think what we're missing is, and I appreciate your thoughts on Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I struggle with my faith all the time. I'm not a very good Christian, but I, 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 love, I love going back. I love how Crowder takes it back to the point where we can agree. And so I love putting the question, the, theological question if that's the right word or the philosophical question even on the origin of the planet and how we come to be on this globe and you know I wouldn't be surprised if I get to the end and find out that uh, we're an alien ant farm you know put here specifically by um, you know uh, another another being that went, okay, well, look, we got this place. We can put this bacteria down there, and it'll just grow into this, and we'll come back and check on them in a billion years. Oh, you watch Prometheus. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, Joe, I think Joe Rogan opened me up to that. And I'm like, hmm, you know, I, I'm, I would, I would, 
believe that before that I will believe that there is no greater power at all. Because when I stand on the beach, when I look at a flower or when I, you know, think of my iPhone or not not so much the iPhone, when I'm in nature, when I see a sunset or an ocean or the waves and stuff and I look and the stars and the moon, like there's no way in my logical mind that the Big Bang could put it together no, in a way no, that something no. else had to guide it. So I like yep. to go back and go, okay, so we can see that there's a higher power other than you. You might not call it God or Christian, you know, Jesus, but mm-hmm. is there, do you believe that there's something else that, that it knows more than you or that created like a creator uh-huh. and you'll get a, you get a decent, like, I mean, Christian's supposed to be, uh, the majority in North America. I'm not sure right. about, you know, yeah, we've been brought up in that. And I think it's interesting, the conversation about killing God and the ramifications on our families and, you know, uh, traditional families under attack and, and well, you have, we you have struggles. To, yeah. But if I go back to the conversation, like, do, well, do you believe there is any other power? You know, if you call it the universe or the oversoul or something like, you'll get another majority of people, or a small majority maybe, or a small or, or a large minority maybe, of people that go, oh yeah, like there's, like I see the the creation, I see the creator in the waves, right. you know, yeah. um, in the gravity and the in the human consciousness it's like it's way too complicated man it's all a miracle it's an absolute miracle it is, it is. Wait, here's a simple, here's a simple this analogy. miracle could exist yeah. and have conscious awareness of it right. is just right. Right. without a higher power it just seems impossible. So here's one of the most simplistic glories of creation now just to go back since i was a kid i've always believed there was a creator the air the oxygen the trees we breathe uh, oxygen. For, I mean, the whole mechanism, how it just works. For Kren, but here's one. Just for grins, when I was a kid, I hedged uh, my bets, and I thought, well, I don't want to get there and find out all I had to do was believe, so I'm going to believe and just hedge my bets. <laughs> right. So check this out. Let's think about science. We're going to take the most basic uh, theory in science. You have uh, protons, neutrons, and you have a nucleus, right, in a cell, right? And, and you have all these things around the cell. You look at the solar system, and it has, you could consider the sun, the centerpiece, the cell, and all the planets, uh, you know, that, that rotate around it. Then you, you, you expand out further, and you have more galaxies with suns, with planets, the basic question I always ask people in all of space with all these galaxies beyond galaxies and, and planets beyond planets and solar systems beyond solar systems, all of these are all out there. How come nobody crashing into each other? That's just a basic question. How is it that all of them have their own gravitational pull? All of them um orbit each other in a particular way, regardless of what solar system it is, they all have a basic rule of law by which they operate. And you're going to tell me that's a happenstance. And you're going to tell me that the Earth, of all the billions of uh, galaxies and, and, and solar systems out there, that this planet, for some reason, 
just happened to be the one that sustains life, that's tilted perfectly at a 45 degree angle in order to take in sunlight. We have uh, our seasons. We have, uh, I think I touched on it already, how oxygen is, uh, we breathe out CO2, plants take it in, they produce oxygen, which allows us to breathe. That's just a happenstance. You, you take human beings, mammals, animals, insects, all are organized in some type of um, heredity. So um, human beings, our parents, they take care of their young. I mean, we raise our children, they grow up. Uh, lions and tigers and bears have children, they nurture, they do the same. We all have the instinct of parenting. Ants, bees, I mean, I could go on with the organization of how things work out. And you're gonna tell me, snap, boom, just like that. It just happened. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, I'm sorry, Charlie. <laughs> I just don't, I don't roll on that boat. So, yeah, um, that's that's where I stand with the whole creation thing. I believe that there is a, I, I do believe there is God. I do believe in Jesus Christ. I do believe in the Holy Spirit. I do believe in all of that. You, can, you can't convince me of, of the Big Bang. Okay, so here's the question. And then we always ask that question. I don't know if you've ever asked the Big Bang Theory question to people, right? They say, oh, the Big Bang Theory it was Big Bang. And I ask them, where did the bang come from? <laughs> something just can't come from nothing. So where'd the band come from? Amen to that. <laughs> I believe it or not, some leftists will try to explain it to me. So anyway, anyway, so that's me. That's me in a nutshell. You know, love my country, love my God, love my family, love my fellow human beings. And don't get me wrong. I love my family, my fellow human beings, leftists forever. I will get along with anyone willing to get along with me, but I'm not going to just let you freaking punk me. I'm, I'm not your bitch. <laughs> I'm not. You ain't, I'm not the one. You push, I push back. I don't apologize to anyone for anything that I don't feel the need to. And it just saddens me when I see people bow down. Oh my God, it's the most pathetic thing. These celebrities and things out there that have stood up for themselves and, and took a stance, and then the mob comes after them. And they go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean it. Oh, oh, if they were in my, I'd slap them. I'd literally just be like, <laughs> you don't owe anybody an apology. You have the right. That's the one of the rights this country gives you. In this country, you can do that. You can say what you want and not have to apologize for it. You could be somewhere else and say what you want and disappear. Think about that one. Yeah, what are you, so that's me, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's me, Joseph. Brother, I, feel, I feel like I should like have you pray us out or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> preach, uh, <laughs> preach a man, JJ, my bro, Pastor JJ. Yeah. Anyways. I appreciate your time, man. It was a really good conversation. What did we do? It's probably a couple. We're coming up in a couple hours. Yeah, we're two hours, dude. Yeah. We just blew up yeah. two hours. Getting to know I was each thinking other. they want to keep going. I was like, well, you know what? 
I'm gonna have just, just stop this one. I'll come back and we'll do another one. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm gonna have to cut yeah. the podcast into two pieces because I don't think I can put up a two hour conversation on my thing, but uh we're going to stay in touch. I appreciate touching me yeah. up, man. I'm always interested in why people come into your lives. And, uh, man, I hope to put my arms around you soon. That'll be really cool. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be great. Hey, oh, you drink, by the way? Is a pig's bum pork? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Do a tequila, uh, wine. I'm nah, a big wine. I'm pretty much just a Ryan somewhat. Coke guy. Right, what we call uh, well Ryan Pepsi, but I guess it would be whiskey for you Old guys. Old fashioned here, that's Ca- what Canadian. Scotch. Right. I'm a big Scotch, love it. And yeah. I like my beer in the summer, but uh, I appreciate you, okay. man. I love you. Thank you for your time. I'm gonna get out of here and uh, try and get something else done today. I got another. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I got to do my seven o'clock tonight. It's at uh, seven p.m. EST, so that's when the Jim Fannin show usually goes live. Okay. All right, bro. All right. I love you, brother. We will talk soon. Love you too, man. Talk to you later. Peace out. out. (laughs) That's how you do that. Thank you, bro. I'm out. Yeah.